If Vladimir Putin defends you, you know you've probably done something wrong. Well, apparently that hasn't crossed J.K. Rowling's mind yet. She's become an extremely controversial figure in recent years, has been accused of being a turf, promoting transphobic beliefs, and making extremely offensive remarks towards the LGBTQ community. However, even though Rowling's name has become synonymous with the word turf for many, she hasn't been as outwardly harmful and blunt with her beliefs as other transphobic views we've discussed previously. So the question here is, is JK Rowling as bad as she seems? Is there even the slightest chance that she's misunderstood? Hello everyone, and welcome to The Corporate Casket. I'm the Illuminati, and today we're going to be finally talking about JK Rowling. In recent years, she's become somewhat of a symbol of cancel culture to the point where even Putin, yes, Vladimir Putin, has cited her as a victim of said culture. He said, quote, not long ago, they canceled a children's writer, Joanne Rowling, because she, the author of books spread around the world in hundreds of millions of copies, failed to please the supporters of the so-called gender liberties. He also compared the treatment of Russian cultural figures to Rowling shortly after the invasion of Ukraine. Rowling denounced Putin's support, stating that critics of cancel culture are not best made by those slaughtering civilians for the crime of resistance and that she stands with Ukraine. But whether or not she agrees with Putin, the idea of Rowling being canceled has been floating around for a while now. So why isn't she gone? How come Rowling hasn't been fully canceled? And is what she said really all that bad? Well, that's what we're here to explore in today's episode. Now, before we even get into this and and really start digging our hands into the dirt, let's make a few disclaimers here. Now, I know typically I discuss a company or a CEO or a politician, but today we're gonna be switching our focus to an author slash public figure. Secondly, I do not speak on behalf of the entire LGBTQ community, even though I am a part of it, and no single opinion in this episode does. Some people might be offended by her remarks, others may not. It seems to depend on who you ask. And third, I'm not trying to ruin your childhood. If you still love Harry Potter and putting yourself into the sorting hat and going to Harry Potter world and picking out a wand and all of that, like go do it, like live your life and enjoy it. Some folks are able to separate the artist from the art, others are not, but that's entirely your call and your right to believe whichever way you'd like. I'm not going to force you into either belief system. All right, I apologize for all the lengthy disclaimers, but I just wanted to make sure I get this clear from the onset. So with that being said, let's get into it. I think about this a lot, the fact that we're storytelling creatures, because to our knowledge, we are the only animal that does this. And obviously it was an attempt, I think, to certainly in terms of myth and folklore, it's an attempt to explain the, the natural world, things people didn't understand. I am very interested in-, in Since I'm confident that most of you know who JK Rowling is, at least to some extent, we're not going to dwell on her background as much today. She was born in 1965. Her full name is Joanne Kathleen Rowling, and she lived on public assistance and worked as a French teacher before releasing the Harry Potter series. Not only did the Harry Potter books become successful, but it's the highest selling series of novels ever. Over 500 million books have been sold and the movies have made over $1 billion. J.K. Rowling, as a result, has become one of the most famous authors and a household name to many. So what's the problem here? Well, any Harry Potter fan will tell you that the series is about friendship, overcoming adversity, bravery, and understanding death. There are so many positive messages to be had in the series, but Rowling herself is where most loyal Harry Potter fans may be a bit divided. So let's start with one of her first controversies, how Rowling has evolved to become so widely criticized and even hated in the present day. One of the very first issues people had with Rowling was when she revealed that Dumbledore, the headmaster of Hogwarts, is gay. 
Rowling claims that she was in a script read-through for the sixth film. And at one point, the script had Dumbledore talking about a girl he liked when he was younger. Rowling wrote in the side margins, Dumbledore's gay, and that was that. Many fans were thrilled by this, with one calling it a victory for homosexuality the world over. The people that were angered seemed to be the people that always hated Harry Potter, strict households that believed Harry Potter was trying to convert their children into Wicca and witchcraft religions, because that's actually a belief some people hold apparently. I don't get the correlation, but um, someone can feel free to enlighten me. Personally, I'm happy JK Rowling did this. While it would have been great to actually mention this within the book itself, as the books themselves don't really represent this, and you have to like, you have to really read between the lines of the lines to find any implication of it. And I understand that back in 2007, this was a huge victory. More and more frequently, queer romances and friendships have been shown in the young adult book genre, but 13 years ago, it wasn't nearly as common. Frankly, this seems like less of a controversy and more of a moment where strict and at times religious households were further angered by Rowling's work as she included a gay character. However, things started to shift in 2016. It was as if Rowling was so happy to see her audience proud of her that she started to try and include more underrepresented groups into her writing when the books were already finished. Rowling cast a black actress to play Hermione in the play Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. She stated that Hermione can be a black woman with my absolute blessing and enthusiasm. And again, I don't see any issue with that. The renowned play Hamilton has cast people of color to play historical figures that were white. So why can't this play based in an utter fantasy realm do the same thing? Well, the issue isn't that Rowling claimed anyone could play Hermione, but when she tweeted out that the Hermione was written as having brown eyes, frizzy hair, and very clever. Therefore, Rowling alleged her race was never specified and she could have been black. Though some fans debated about passages when Hermione had pink cheeks or a surprised white face in the book, it felt like a disingenuous statement that Hermione could have been black. Why would Rowling approve of actress Emma Watson as Hermione? Why approve all the illustrations depicting Hermione as white in the books? It isn't the matter of casting a black actress to play Hermione that seemed to upset the fans, but the way that Rowling was trying to shoehorn in representation that just didn't exist previously. The book series takes place in England where the vast majority of people are white. Regardless of Hermione's skin color, let's try not to force in or wheedle in some potential diversity into novels for the sake of kudos. That same year though, Rowling made a similar mistake and in doing so insulted Navajo culture. On the site Pottermore, Rowling released tidbits about the Harry Potter realm. Side characters' backstories, other magical schools, and how magic may work in other countries aside from where the book series takes place. Like, you get the idea. Now, in one of these Pottermore posts about the history of magic in North America, she wrote about skinwalkers, which are a part of the Navajo legend. In Rowling's world, skinwalkers didn't exist, but were made up by muggles or those without magic to demonize wizards. In other words, Rowling took a piece of Navajo legend and twisted it to suit her magical world's needs. She also referred to this Navajo legend as part of the Native American community, homogenizing Native Americans as one group, as opposed to recognizing that there are many different Native peoples, cultures, and not really giving credit to any group at all. Keen, the author of the blog, Native Appropriation stated this, "'There is no such thing as one Native American anything. "'Even in a fictional wizarding world, "'Native spirituality and religions are not fantasy "'on the same level as wizards.'" These beliefs are practiced and protected. We fight so hard every single day as native peoples to be seen as contemporary, real, full, and complete human beings. And to push away from the stereotypes that restrict us in stock categories of mystical connected to nature shamans or violent savage warriors. Others were a bit more blunt in their criticism and simply stated, yo, at JK Rowling, my ancestors didn't survive colonization so you could use our culture as a convenient prop. 
I wasn't able to find any article mentioning an apology from J.K. Rowling. It just kind of seemed like this faded from public eye in time. Now, while these incidents definitely made people skeptical and wary of her, she hasn't been infamously labeled as a turf yet. That came in 2019. Who is likely the world's best-known children's author is defending herself against growing accusations about of trans people some months now, some years she's been suggesting the transvestite. I think it just mentions that the killer at one point wore a wig and a woman's coat. As Forbes put it in their December 19, 2019 headline, J.K. Rowling came out as a turf when she announced her support for attacks expert Maya Forstater, who has used offensive and exclusionary language in regards to transgender folks. But before we really dive into why Rowling supported her and what Maya believes, let's define what a turf is and what it isn't. TERF stands for Trans-Exclusionary Radical Feminist, and it's someone who advocates for radical feminism who believes that a trans woman's gender identity is not legitimate and who is hostile to the inclusion of trans people and gender diverse people in the feminist movement. So to say that a trans woman can't be a feminist or can't possibly understand the struggles of that so-called quote, real women go through would be a turfy thing to say. These beliefs, in my opinion, are inherently transphobic and they imply that transgender folks, in in this specific case, trans women, are not real women and are somehow lesser than. The fact of the matter is, is that if feminism is about equality, then oppressing another group of women to get there is not acceptable, period. But why was JK Rowling accused of such a thing? And does the term actually suit her? To answer that, we have to understand the controversy surrounding Forstater. Now, she lost her job at the Center for Global Development, an international think tank that campaigns against poverty and inequality after making tweets that opposed government proposals to reform the Gender Recognition Act, which allowed people to self-identify as the opposite sex. And these are things like letting someone change their sex on a birth certificate, license, or another form of ID. Forstater did have some support with the chief executive of the Index on Censorship stating that she believed Maya only expressed that there should be an open debate about the distinction between sex and gender. Judge James Taylor, an employment judge, disagreed and explained. Forstater is absolutist in her view of sex and is a core component of her belief that she will refer to a person by the sex she considered appropriate, even if it violates their dignity and or creates an intimidating, hostile, degrading, humiliating, or offensive environment. The approach is not worthy of respect in a democratic society. Maya said sex is a biological fact and immutable. In actuality, biological sex and biological makeup are unchangeable, but gender, gender expression, it's based on social constructs and it's fluid. To deny this is to deny that transgender folks exist. Refusing to use someone's preferred pronouns causes downright harm by invalidating trans folks. Maya's beliefs literally violated the Equality Act of 2010 and were, according to this judge, objectively discriminatory. This wasn't a matter of thinking that sex and gender are different things. This wasn't a matter of opinion. A judge ruled Maya's values are not worthy of respect in a democratic society. Now, I have no idea if JK Rowling saw the whole picture or not. When JK Rowling made her tweet, she wrote as follows. Dress however you please. Call yourself whatever you like. Sleep with any consenting adult who'll have you. Live your best life in peace and security. But force women out of their jobs for stating that sex is real? Hashtag I stand with Maya, hashtag this is not a drill. This tweet implies that Maya just said biological sex is a thing when that's not what happened. If JK Rowling made this tweet, then heard out people that pointed out the full scope of the situation to her, then deleted it, I'm sure the reaction from her audience would have been different. 
Yet, despite people telling Rowling about the offensive comments Maya made, such as men cannot change into women, she stood by Maya and stood by the tweet. She's been criticized in the past for liking tweets that referred to trans women as men in dresses. But Forbes stated that one of her representatives just called that a slip of the finger and a middle age moment. Sure. Unless JK Rowling mishandled her phone to the point of somehow miswriting an entire tweet, including the hashtag I stand with Maya on numerous responses, then it's clear that it wasn't some middle age moment as they like to call it. Some called Rowling a bigot, while others such as the advocacy group GLAAD expressed disappointment and even offered to have an off the record conversation with Rowling and members of the trans community. She declined and her spokesperson said that she'd make no further comment on the controversy. She'd had controversies before. A trans woman character named Pippa in her novel, The Silkworm, written under her pen name, Robert Galbraith, was described as unstable and aggressive. The character was said to be a combination of various insulting stereotypes around trans women, like aggression, unable to overcome their masculine nature and villainous, according to the entertainment site, Them. However, this, as well as Rowling's middle-aged moment, paled in comparison to her standing with Maya. She also followed a woman by the name of Magdalene Burns, Trans woman, feminist, and LGBT advocate, Katie Montgomery, talks about this whole situation in her Medium article, breaking down exactly why this was so offensive and jarring for Rowling supporters. Magdalene Burns is supposedly a quote, great believer in the importance of biological sex. She said that she didn't believe lesbians should be called bigots for not dating trans women that still have penises. And while Katie doesn't disagree with that, it's the way that Magdalene sends her message that trans women have a huge issue with. The idea is to present trans women as predatory and forcing women into sex, that there is some inherent problem with trans people that they are a danger to gay people, Katie writes. Magdalene has said far worse and far more offensive too. She told a trans woman on Twitter, quote, "'You are fucking blackface actors. You aren't women. You're men who get sexual kicks from being treated like women. Fuck you and your dirty fucking perversions. Our oppression isn't a fetish, you pathetic sick fuck.'" End quote. Now, all of this is to say Rowling, plain and simple, readily and willingly aligned herself with transphobic values. Soon, she wasn't just liking or supporting offensive language though, she was making it. In June, 2020, an article called Creating a More Equal Post-COVID World for People Who Menstruate was released. Rowling responded by tweeting, people who menstruate, I'm sure there used to be a word for those people. Someone help me out. Wumbin, Wimpund, Woo-mud? I'm sure it's pretty clear what the issue is here. Non-binary people and trans men can menstruate too. This article was using inclusionary language to talk about menstruation, an experience that cis women and other people that don't identify as women experience. Some cis women don't even menstruate in the first place. So using the words people who menstruate is both inclusionary and accurate. And what writer wouldn't know that? Rowling was defensive towards the backlash stating, I respect every trans person's right to live any way that feels authentic and comfortable to them. I'd march with you if you were discriminated against on the basis of being trans. At the same time, my life has been shaped by being female. I do not believe it's hateful to say so." Rowling's tweet here is particularly harmful and I'm going to do my best to explain why. And this is just my opinion, of course, but I want to pick this apart for a moment to tell you like what about this language is so damaging. So to start, the question here is why aren't you marching? Trans folks are discriminated against. She claims she would march if it happens, but it's not a matter of if. Bathroom bills, don't say gay laws, LGBTQ rights are targeted frequently. 
Many LGBTQ activists are flippantly being labeled as groomers with fans of Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill saying how it's creepy that teachers would ever discuss these types of issues. So why not March? I don't personally believe she's willing to back up that sentiment with action because I don't think she actually believes in what she wrote. But secondly, and most important, is the way Rowling conflates the ideas of being a cisgendered woman facing discrimination versus living an authentic way as a trans person. Now, one does not affect the other, both can be true. You can be a cisgendered woman who has had your life shaped by being a woman. The existence of trans folks doesn't diminish that. Rowling seems to imply that she is more valid than other people who menstruate or that she is a gatekeeper of the term woman because of her experience growing up female. It's as if to say, everyone can live comfortably, but because I grew up being discriminated against for being a woman, I've earned the term more. It's not hateful for her to say that her life has been shaped by those experiences. And I think it's disingenuous for her to imply that anyone called her hateful for saying such. What's hateful is this attitude of superiority, gatekeeping and discrimination. Now, I obviously don't know JK Rowling personally. I don't know exactly how she intended that tweet to go. Tweets aren't exactly very long. However, Rowling did seem keen on setting the record straight and telling everyone exactly how she felt. On June 10th, 2020, she released an essay explaining her personal experiences and feelings around gender. I really do suggest you read the entire thing for yourself for the context if you should want that, but I'll mention a few highlights here. Rowling started by explaining that she followed the concept of gender identity closely and had met with many trans people over the years, in part because she's writing a crime series with a detective that's affected by these issues and because of her own personal interests. She said that she needed to speak up for a whole host of reasons. One being that she funds medical research into MS, a disease that affects men and women in different ways. According to Rowling, trans activism is dangerous because it's pushing to erode the legal definition of sex and replace it with gender. And I don't know any trans folks that are trying to argue that biological sex doesn't exist or even replace it. Like I can't even name one. Gender is a different term. And simply because people want to identify with whichever gender they are most comfortable with and their birth certificate and license doesn't mean that anyone wants to erase biological sex. It's a very confusing argument to me. Rowling also focuses on trans men in her essay writing, 10 years ago, the majority of people wanting to transition to the opposite sex were male. That ratio has now reversed. The UK has experienced a 4,400% increase in girls being referred for transitioning treatment. This portion of the essay became incredibly personal for Rowling as she discussed her own experiences growing up and the sexism she faced. Rowling stated, the writings of young trans men reveal a group of notably sensitive and clever people. The more of their accounts of gender dysphoria I've read with their insightful descriptions of anxiety, dissociation, eating disorders, self-harm and self-hatred, the more I've wondered whether if I'd been born 30 years later, I might too have tried to transition. The allure of escaping womanhood would have been huge. I struggled with severe OCD as a teenager. If I'd found community and sympathy online that I couldn't find in my immediate environment, I believe I could have been persuaded to turn myself into the son my father had openly said he'd have preferred. Rowling describes how she had to come to terms with being a woman and in essence, reclaim that term for herself. As a tomboy and someone that didn't feel pink, frilly or compliant, she says, she felt confused and mentally sexless at times. Rewriting the definition of womanhood and what being a woman means to Rowling personally was a long, arduous journey. I'm not trying to diminish that, neither is the trans community. Rowling's experience with domestic abuse, sexual assault, a father she felt didn't want her, mental health and severe OCD are valid. Her definition of what being a woman means to her is also valid, but they do not make a transgender person's experience less valid. 
Having these traumatic experiences do not make someone transgender. They don't define someone's gender. And Rowling comparing OCD and gender as if one influences the other is simply put insulting. So the question is, how did people respond to this essay? Well, I'm sure as you can imagine, it didn't go over well. I'm not transgender. While I may be able to recognize why her language is harmful, it's important for me to get firsthand accounts from transgender folks to better understand this issue. We'll start with someone who truly wanted to give Rowling the benefit of the doubt. The author of The Correspondent, Valentin, said that she's trans, a massive Harry Potter fan, and she understood Rowling's concerns at first. She writes that Rowling's essay is paralyzing and confusing and made her feel simultaneously despondent, indignant, and fearful. She explains that her process of transitioning socially and medically was extremely difficult and full of doubt, uncertainty, and the intolerance of people that didn't understand. However, she also says that it can be hard to argue against Rowling as she uses a respectful tone. Rowling doesn't deliberately misgender people or downplay the aggression they face. Therefore, she argues that she appears as empathetic, whereas other gender critical feminists don't. It's a confusing narrative that Rowling spins where she claims that she wants trans women to be safe, but at the same time says that she believes doing so, like allowing trans women into women's restrooms will make cis women less safe. Women do face violence, like the abuse that Rowling suffered for years, but women going through domestic violence and sexual assault aren't going to be helped by not allowing trans women into restrooms. Valentin reiterated, women's safety and trans rights aren't a zero sum game. It's not that one group loses when the other group wins. Rowling's worries are primarily based on a false dilemma. Valentin even uses her personal experience, explaining how she was terrified to use the girls' changing room when she was young. And it wasn't until her classmates literally pulled her in there that she felt welcomed and more comfortable, albeit some fears about feeling like an intruder from time to time. According to Rowling, I don't belong in her changing room, Valentin says. While recognizing Rowling's struggles and coming to terms with her womanhood is worthy of discussion, Equating it to fewer trans rights is upsetting, disheartening, and infuriating. Katie, the medium writer we addressed earlier, also talks about this at length in her article. She also makes it a point to mention how Rowling has silenced people, turned replies off, and made legal threats to those that criticize her. One such tweet reads, "'Unless you want to hear from lawyers, you might want to rethink that tweet. I'm not wasting time arguing with willful misrepresentations on my views on transgenderism.' Your timeline shows you're not big on truth, but making serious insinuations like this comes with consequences. Whether or not you think Rowling was being intentionally harmful or willfully ignorant, neither is a good look considering how much she has turned people away when they're trying to educate her. Natalie, a trans woman more known as ContraPoints Online, did a deep dive on JK Rowling a little over a year ago and made a fantastic point about this. So let me point out a few things from her video on YouTube. For starters, while the number of kids identifying as trans has skyrocketed in recent years, remember that 4,400% figure? It's important to recognize that only 32 kids under 18 who were assigned female at birth were referred for transitioning treatment, such as puberty blockers. So while that number has drastically increased, it's still only about 0.03% of children in the UK that are assigned female at birth. Therefore, the way Rowling represents it, like an epidemic, is once again disingenuous. With the biggest increase happening five years ago, you know, the transgender tipping point year. So that is a big increase, but it corresponds to the biggest ever increase in trans visibility. So it does make sense. And there's 11 million children. As for Rowling's personal stories and claims that she wonders if she'd transitioned as a kid, Natalie made this fantastic point. 
You can be a trans man and experience some or even all of these things, not feeling frilly, pink compliant, or feeling dark, self-hatred, depression, non-sexual, etc. But none of these things are what being a trans man is. Wanting to take testosterone to literally masculinize your body and literally live your life as a man is not the same as the typical struggles other girls go through. Joanne is projecting her own memories of troubled adolescence onto trans men and then saying, oh, clearly they were going through the same things I was, just someone persuaded them to transition. It's a limitation of human empathy that sometimes- when we're trying to understand what someone else is feeling, the best we can do is to project our feelings onto them. And sometimes that's a misrepresentation. Sometimes other people are experiencing things that we have never experienced. So we have to invent explanations about why they're not behaving the way we think they should. Someone is persuading them to transition, but this fear-mongering about kids being persuaded to transition is just not how things work. So what are we to make all of this? Personally, it seems like the time Rowling claims to have spent speaking to trans people was the time she spent trying to understand them through the lens of her own experience. That isn't how things always work though. Personally, I feel that her essay was a bit hypocritical, confusing, and just a mess overall. Rowling seems to believe that she understands trans men because she thinks she may have been a trans man if someone had given her the opportunity to appease her sexist father and because she didn't like what she considers girly activities. She simplified being a trans man to these key points while in the same essay insists that being a woman is so much more than frills and pink and compliance. Did she never consider that being a man is also so much more than surface level societal standards too? How come being a woman is so complex and deep to her that only a cis woman could understand it? But if she acts as if transitioning to a man might've been an easy choice in her childhood because of the struggles she faced as a girl. While many people in the LGBTQ community tried to address this and were respectful in doing so, it doesn't feel like Rowling has wanted to hear any of it. Her essay remains up and her transphobic comments and actions have continued. Now, before we continue on to the next section to talk about more of the, you know, modern faux pas and things that she's been up to, let's take a quick moment since there's really no other place to put it and have today's sponsors right here. It's funny, there are all these gimmicks that promise a great night's sleep. I don't really care what kind of toppers there are now or how heavy a blanket might be. It's lipstick on a pig. If you're sleeping on a terrible mattress, your sleep is gonna be terrible. It's just that simple. And that's why I recommend sleeping on a purple mattress. That's because only purple mattresses have the gel flex grid. It's a super stretchy, ultra squishy material that adapts and flexes around pressure points and doesn't retain heat. And they're really serious about that. I recently became a warm sleeper for some unknown godforsaken reason. And this has helped cool me off at night and keep me cool. And like I've mentioned before, my dog Casper absolutely loves sleeping on this mattress and he stole the pillow too. And unlike memory foam, which of course remembers everything, thanks to the gel flex grid, purple mattresses bounce back as you move and shift. You'll never have that I'm stuck feeling that people get with memory foam. And you can try your purple mattress risk-free with free shipping and returns and financing is available too. So getting a great night's sleep starts with having a great mattress. So get a purple mattress. Go to purple.com casket and use code casket. And for a limited time, you can get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com casket with code casket for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com casket, promo code casket. Terms apply. Now we've all been there. 
seemingly out of nowhere, you get hit by an unexpected expense or bill. And when it happens, it can feel like the weight of the world is coming down and it's normal to not know where to turn. Luckily, Upstart is here to help. Upstart powered personal loans can help you pay down high interest debt all online with simple and easy to understand payment terms. And Upstart has helped over 1.8 million customers on their path to financial freedom. So it doesn't matter if you're trying to pay off credit cards, consolidate high interest debt, or fund personal expenses, Upstart can help you get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. And by the way, Upstart knows you're more than just a credit score. So rather than looking at just your credit score alone, Upstart's model considers other factors like your income, employment, and other information provided in your loan application to help you find a smarter rate for your loan. You can check your rate in minutes for loans between $1,000 and $50,000, all without impacting your credit score. So don't wait and check your rate today at upstart.com casket. That's upstart.com casket to check your rate today. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Make sure you go to upstart.com casket. Now, continuing on into 2020, J.K. Rowling, under the pen name of Robert Galbraith, wrote a book called Troubled Blood, which a man poses as a woman to kill people. And first of all, regardless of how well-written the book is or isn't, her disrespect and offensive comments towards the trans community doesn't exactly make her the best person to put this book out into the world. Second, it's pretty interesting that Rowling uses a male pen name while simultaneously criticizing people and acting like understanding the struggle of women is so impossible for anyone not born female. Robert Galbraith Heath is also the name of a mid 20th century anti-LGBTQ conversion therapist, but Rowling insists the name is a mix of Robert F. Kennedy and a fantasy childhood name, Ella Galbraith, but okay. Now, excuse me for a moment while I just go a bit on a tangent here. Did Rowling really not even think to Google her own pen name? I mean, if I were a best-selling author and I was going to write a new series of novels under a fake name, I would probably Google the absolute fuck out of that name to make sure, you know, has anyone else famous tried to use it? Is that actually a person previously? And if it is, what did that person do? Even now, despite JK Rowling using it, Robert Galbraith Heath is the third thing that comes up in my Google search when I type Robert Galbraith. And right there on the Wikipedia page, it suggests that it reads that Heath claimed to have converted a homosexual man to heterosexuality using deep brain stimulation, a form of electrode therapy, FYI. So is Rowling so absolutely ignorant that she didn't even think to Google a name before she used it and maybe double check that like, hey, maybe it's a bad idea to use the name of a conversion therapist when she's been accused of transphobia. Like, I don't know. Like, I think that would have been a thought that would have crossed her mind. Or did she know and simply not care because she just needs to be named after Robert and Robert Kennedy and Ella after her made up character? I. It doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't add up. Maybe that is the truth of the situation, but just based on other comments she's made, I I, I side eye it like very heavily. I I just, it doesn't add up to me personally. Anyways though, tangent aside, troubled blood faced massive criticism as Rowling seemed to portray being trans as being adjacent to being mentally ill enough to commit murder. The harmful stereotypes conflating violence with being trans, the character wearing dresses to hide a violent monster underneath, the effeminate tendencies, the importance on passing. Well, it didn't look like Rowling was trying to listen to critics and those that genuinely wanted her to work on empathy towards the trans community. For many, it felt like an absolute jumble and a mess of stereotypes all clumped together in one book from an author who was already known for some pretty nasty transphobic comments. 
It's not as if you can't write a transgender character as a serial killer, but it's worth noting that every single time that Rowling has written a trans character, they've been extremely mentally unstable and violent. If Rowling is all for trans representation, then why are the only trans characters she writes awful people? And correct me if I'm wrong here, but the two main ones I've seen are the murderer Dennis from Troubled Blood and Pippa from The Silkworm who stalks and attempts to stab someone. So it's just not great representation there for someone who claims she isn't transphobic. Now, while I won't claim to have read the entire 900 plus page book, it's really, really hard to believe that this character who is literally described as a sociopath and meticulous planner dressing up as a woman to make women let their guard down around him so he can kill them has absolutely nothing to do with her transphobic beliefs. ContraPoints also pointed this out in her video about how this is reminiscent of an article entitled, Pronouns are Rehypnol. And those are roofies, FYI. And in this article from an author Rowling Follows, it's implied that trans women are changing their pronouns so people will be less afraid of them as she and her are less threatening to women as opposed to he and him. So I guess we're just going to ignore the fact that female predators also exist. I guess we should misgender trans women on purpose so cisgender women will keep their guard up and be scared of them. It's just a gross idea. Like I, I don't understand logically where that makes sense. It's just gross. And while I agree with ContraPoints that this article and Rowling's essay are coming from a hurt place, it's equally important to not excuse people for, you know, hurting other people. Like I get it, hurt people hurt people. I think that's also a two feet song or a line from a two feet song, good song, but that doesn't matter. Just because you're hurt, it doesn't give you the right to hurt other people. And going through hard things and healing from them is difficult and it's okay to not be okay but that doesn't mean it's okay to levy that onto someone else and ruin their day, their life, their whatever. That's not. And make no mistake, Rowling continues hurting people. She shared an article just a few days ago as of writing this very script. It was called The New Homophobia. It's an opinion piece where writer Ben Appel, a social justice writer said he was exhausted having to use everyone's preferred pronouns at work and equated being called cisgender to a slur. He claimed it was used against him as a slur. And while I can't confirm or deny that, Ben absolutely uses some negative, bitter language throughout the op-ed. Apparently, transgender folks are trying to erase gay people by becoming trans. He says that radical activists push a regressive anti-liberal agenda that refies gender stereotypes, downplays the seriousness of a long-term medicalization and ultimately seeks to abolish my identity. For without biological sex, there is no homosexuality. Even though the gender you identify as doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the gender you're attracted to, I fail to see his point. Ben has, in my opinion, implied the same thing Rowling did, that because he wore dresses and enjoyed what's considered more feminine things as a child, he may have been pressured to transition into a woman in today's environment. He doesn't outright state that in the exact way Rowling does, but it does have the same energy, reducing transgender people down to dresses and colors and stating that they're trying to take my identity away. It doesn't surprise me that Rowling would share this article. On April 25th, she tweeted that defining lesbians as same-sex attracted women, quote, excludes and oppresses the most marginalized of all groups, i.e. people with penises and beards who want to shag women. And before you say, but aren't they straight men, they're wearing eyeliner, bigot. And that's, that's the quote. This is seemingly in reference to Alex Drummond, a trans woman that decided to keep her beard. Rowling has consistently made remarks about Drummond, implying that men are stealing lesbianism. I get a absolute one hell of a headache just trying to wrap my brain around this, but the point is simply that Rowling is yet again defining trans women as men. Rowling has also shared tweets about a high school trans athlete apparently injuring other girls in a rugby game. 
The news article she shares also continually referred to her as a transgender male and referred to her as aggressive when rugby is in fact a contact sport. None of this nuance was presented in Rowling's tweet, but of course there's far, far more articles, questionable tweets and frustrating sentiments that Rowling has shared. Certainly she's done some good, creating a fundraiser in Ukraine, for example, but her Twitter is largely just retweeting people that agree with her, mocking those that give her death threats, threatening critics with legal action and articles from others with similar beliefs. So I wonder if I'm gonna be threatened with legal action. Is she gonna slap me with legal? Who knows? I don't necessarily agree with those writing horror novels that literally depict her death, as I'm sure those will only inspire more death threats. And I don't think name calling or threatening is gonna get us anywhere either. But unfortunately, I'm not so sure that JK Rowling will ever change either. Her mind does seem stubbornly made up. And despite having allegedly spoken to so many trans people over the years, she seems unwilling to truly hear any of her critics. Now, before I close out this episode, I do wanna recognize that there are a lot of fantastic trans writers and YouTubers that have spoken out about this. And the ones I mentioned in today's episode will be in my sources, but of course, there are many more than that. And if you do choose to explore more about JK Rowling and how this affects the community and everything, I really recommend reaching out and watching those content creators content instead. But with all of that being said, that's where I'm gonna end today's episode. Of course, these are just my opinions, thoughts, things I'm thinking about, things I'm learning about. So thank you so much for making it with me through today's episode. I hope you learned something new today. And if you did, make sure you're liking, following, and subscribing to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. I really appreciate you spending some of your time here with me today, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.